Welcome to the new TV Gold podcast from Media Week's Andrew Mercado and James Manning, a podcast for people who love great television. Welcome to a new episode of TV Gold. It's Media Week's weekly podcast where we dig into the world's best dramas. I'm James Manning from Media Week and joining me is Media Week contributing TV editor, Andrew Mercado. Welcome back, Andrew. Hi there, James. Three very different programs we're going to look at, two at very different ends of the, the spectrum. Let's start, well, there. Well, I'll tell you what, they, what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about um, Love is in the Air. We're going to talk about Bargain, and then we'll finish with The Long Shadow. Yeah. Now, the light and fluffy one we'll start with, which is Love is in the Air, a new series featuring Delta Goodrum, who doesn't make a lot of TV. Is it a series or is it a movie? No, sorry, did I say series? No, it's a telly movie. Obviously. It's a movie, isn't it? Please, God, tell me they're not turning <laughs> into a series. <laughs> Look, it's a harmless rom-com. It's for people who want to switch off their brain and watch <laughs> something light and funny with beautiful Queensland scenery. Oh. But, of course, that dreaded Queensland curse, everything they make there in that state looks fabulous and has the most dreadful script. <laughs> um, and, look, it was pleasant enough, but there, 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 the the the... The script was so lazy, James. You know, it doesn't take much to add a couple of lines of dialogue. <laughs> to me, yeah, this, it starts, you know, and so Delta Goodrum's this pilot with perfect makeup that flies a light plane that, you know, wants to help the local community. It's filmed in the Whit Sundays, but clearly it's meant to be set in somewhere in remote Australia because where it's set, people can't take their dog to the vet unless Delta Goodrum flies a light plane in and does it for them. Um, so she's more interested in doing good deeds than profit. And so this attracts the attention of their overseas financier. So this British guy gets on a plane to come down and no doubt takes several planes and ferries to get to this place where the airport is. And that she is incredibly nasty to him from the get-go and the script never explains why and she makes him get up in the plane and he's he's scared and it's like the guy just caught several planes to get to the location all they needed to do was have a line in there of something like oh you know i might have just flown here on a jumbo jet but i don't like small planes and it would make it more believable and then to me the absolute stupidest part in the whole thing was when somebody said oh we're about to have a cyclone. And with that, the wind started blowing. I mean, seriously, we get several days warning for cyclones and it made no sense at all that people running an airline in a small coastal town in Queensland don't know a cyclone's about to hit them till it's bearing down on them. And all it takes is some tweaks of the script to make what is a really, you know, light concept work. And 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 I would have less amusement pointing out how awful it was if it just had a modicum more of reality. Yeah, well, I think you're very harsh. You are very, I mean, it's, I admit it's hard to argue with a lot of what you say, but I... I think it's um I think you're a bit too literal in it all. I mean it's I, I don't think it aims to be maybe much more than what it is. Yeah. And um so I, I take it at, you know, on what they've they've offered up. And look, it's um I think some of the funding 
came from some of the tourism bodies up there. So I'm I'm sure they'd be very happy with what. Oh, they'll are. be happy. What, what, it's what the number the one movie on Netflix today. You know, the the Queensland coastline is being seen all around the world now. So, yeah, the Queensland government and Screen Queensland or whatever will be very, very happy with their investment. Yeah, and, then, I mean, you know, it's a, it's, it's a light movie. Sure, it's so light that it almost floats away, doesn't it, the, yeah. the, the actual script. You, you can see what's coming straight away as soon oh, as, God, as, yeah. soon as this guy <laughs> turns up. Um, yeah. You think, hello, these two are going to get it on at some stage. Oh, so obvious. And he's played by Joshua Sass. And I've got to say, this is a guy who once used to date Kylie Minogue a few years back. In in fact, I think they famously, they were engaged and said they wouldn't get married until same-sex marriage was legalised in Australia. Look, he's he's very handsome and he's good in this role um, and I don't have a problem with any of the cast, Roy Billing and Steph Tisdell, but, you know, it was just, you're right, it was so light. Um yeah, it's 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 literally the type of thing you want to watch to switch your brain off to. Yeah, no, I actually, I'm I'm proud to say I enjoyed it, and you know I stayed the distance and I was sort of having a good time. You know, saw so there's as you mentioned the makeup. You know, they they've really slapped it on, haven't they? I mean, it's there's there's too much of that. Everything's perfectly lit. Yeah, it's it's, it's all yeah. it's almost like um, there's too much of everything, isn't there? But you know the cast is good. Roy Billing, I really enjoyed him as as playing the dad. He sort of hams it up. Yeah, um, he plays Delta's dad who runs the airline. Um, Steph Steph Tisdall is the sort of I don't know the runs the well, sort of the the only employee of this airline it seems who does everything from fix the planes to to manage the schedule and and all this sort of stuff. Um, She's great and she has a bit of fun with the character. But the real star, as you mentioned, is the locations. Yeah, totally. Now, you've worked up in Queensland. Have you ever got up into the Sundays yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to work for the Queensland Tourist and Travel Corporation, so I used to travel all over Queensland, showing off it off to travel agents all the time. Right. Um, the last time I actually went to the Witch Sundays was on the Channel V bus oh. many years ago. I remember flying into Proserpine and catching up with the the guys at Airlie Beach, and then we continued north Townsville and, and Cairns. So I haven't been up that part of Far North Queensland for quite a while, um, and I was I couldn't recognise it. Until the credits rang or ran or I Googled it, I was trying to figure out where it was. I mean, it felt to me like it was set in far north Queensland, like Cooktown, somewhere Cape York, really remote, um, because that was the premise of the whole thing. This airline basically operated as a kind of a flying doctor's service and delivering mail and things like that. And, you know, so it couldn't possibly have been set in the Whit Sundays because they just drive down to their local supermarket. <laughs> yeah, but don't, don't get hung up on all that. It's, you know, it, it's a bit of poetic license. I think that's fair enough. But look, the, the places in, to be specific about where it's at, and gee, I tell you, I want to get up there. It just looks so fantastic. Airlie Beach, which you mentioned, uh, Sunday Airport just looks fantastic. That's the little airport where, um, the, um, mythical, um, airline is based yeah Fullerton, Fullerton Airways yeah and there's 
lots of great aerial shots too of the whole the whole region. It just looks a treat. Lake Proserpine, which is up there at the Shoot Harbour Marina, yeah, Sinclair, Sinclair Bay Beach, something called Waterson Way, um, just fantastic. And look, it's just you know. Wow. I did think there was that shot where Delta dipped the plane and said to the guy, look out the window, and I thought, I know what this is going to be because off the Sundays is the most incredible heart-shaped coral reef, okay. which we used in promotion a lot. Or I thought it would be Whitehaven Beach, you know, that beach with the most beautiful. Uh, it, it was just dolphins in the water. It was still pretty. Um, but, yeah, they stayed away from anything that sort of screamed Queensland. They didn't mention the Great Barrier Reef or oh. anything like that. They were very loose kind of about it. was just kind of Australia somewhere, you know, yeah. and uh, I don't even think I heard the word Queensland in it. Yeah, yeah. No, look, um, yeah, look, I, I, I was into it a fair bit more than, than you, I would say. Um, you mentioned Joshua Sass. I mean, he played, he was in that Susan Sarandon thing on the, she was a country music star, was it Monarch? Oh, was he? Right. He was, yeah. he was in that. He hasn't done a lot else. I think he's remarried since well, he did he he's married since his relationship with Kylie. I think yeah. he lives in Byron Bay now. Um, and I just wanted to mention Delta's, I mean, over two hundred episodes of Neighbours. Um, she played Olivia Newton John, did a reasonable job in that, I thought. And she's been in House Husbands a bit too, I think. Yeah, yeah, and she, her, I mean, her. a lot of them were saying this is the first movie she's made since Hating Alison Ashley, which was in the early okay. 2000s, a kind of a, a school. She played a bit of a mean girl in that. I mean, she's perfectly good in this film. It's perfectly fine. Um, but, yeah, by for the last, when they said the cyclone's about to hit and <laughs> I, that's when the eyes started rolling back in my head and I kind of lost interest in it from the point. And that pathetic art direction then where they came to the next day and went, oh, look, there's a chair falling over. Oh, the damage is so bad. It's like, give me a break. Yeah, man, maybe they could have tried a little bit harder. Look, that is um, love is in the air, even though they get a really corny pun in the title as well. They just couldn't resist it. It's a telly movie on Netflix. It's out now. Now, look, we're going really 360 degrees now. Well, 180, I suppose, is the opposite direction, isn't it? 360 yeah. is back to where you started from. But I was a bit worried when I, I read in the notes, this is a dystopian drama. I thought, oh, no, I, I got a bit I got a bit scared. And look, after watching a fair bit of it, I, that those initial fears were certainly justified. I I just had a really tough time watching this. It's bargain. Uh, it's on Paramount Plus, and it's part of a Korean um, or K drama, as they call it. Bit of a, a library of that programming they're building on the platform. Yeah, I mean, this show should be called WTF. I mean, honestly, <laughs> talk about a show switching storylines. It starts off being one thing, yeah. then it becomes something else, and just when you're getting head wrapped around that. Something totally bizarre happens, and the next minute it's just crazy. Yeah, look, it is. It's just um, it starts off with a a discussion in a hotel, if you like, in a it's in Korea. Um, a, a a woman is sort of negotiating, if you like, to to um sell her virginity. Yeah, to someone. Was it is it a hundred thousand dollars that they start off the 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 price that is? No, she wants a. 
$1,000, doesn't she? Because she says she's a virgin, but then she admits to him that, that a school teacher had put a finger inside her. So he tries to renegotiate the price to $170. And you're going, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it's very bizarre. Then there's an earthquake. The earthquake? Like, what? Where did that come from? And then it just goes up another level after that. Yeah. One of the things that surprised me a little bit is just the glowing reviews this series has had in a lot of places, you know. Entertainment Weekly gave it a an A-. minus. Uh, the Guardian and the Sydney Morning Herald both gave it four-star glowing reviews. But I don't know, I just had trouble. I mean, it, it, but I think my mistake was watching a bunch of episodes back-to-back. Yeah. And I read in, I think it was The Guardian said, look, you really need to go and see a doctor if you try and binge a number of episodes. So I did that and it, it really troubled me for, for the even, the rest of the evening. Look, I liked the first episode because there were these three massive changes. And then the second episode I thought was very similar to the third episode. Once they're caught in that crumbled building trying to escape in the aftermath of the earthquake, to me it all got very samey-samey, although there were still these amazing twists going on in the plot. Uh, You know, nobody seems to be who they say they are. So it feels to me like there's a lot more twists to go. But yeah, by after the third episode, I was a bit like you, like, oh, I think I've had enough of that. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it, it's very grim. Um, uh, and it just made me wonder. So I looked up Dystopian and it just to reinforce it, relating to a very bad or unfair society in which there is a lot of suffering. <laughs> um, and, and it certainly was here. I mean, it's just what turned, what, what sort of driving it is there's, People bidding for body parts is what it gets down to. Yeah. Sort of the basis for this after you you get into that second. Well, let's not get too many plot spoilers there. But yeah, there's there's no, so but- many things going on in this, you know. Yeah. Prostitution, yeah. you know, illegal or organ harvesting, you know, crime, you know, <laughs> undercover policemen. It just it's it's a big, big melting pot. Yeah. And I get it that it's a sort of, um, it's a sort of, I don't know, it's a, it's a way of looking at the way the world's heading. You know, things aren't great out there. You know, and and I sort of, I get that. It's a discussion. You know, it's raising things that are happening in the world about. You know, lots of people. You know, can't get the medical assistance they need. You know, and yeah, it's tough for a lot of people and. But gee whiz, I just found it well a bit depressing. But um, it, it was just too much for me. I mean, other shows that I kept thinking of The Handmaid's Tale, yeah, uh, something else which was a bit of a society that was sort of out of control and going the wrong way, and and I just found that hard to watch. I mean, well, that's is- a show I've stopped watching. You know, I, I like the first season, the second season. By the third season, I was like going, this is like torture porn. How much longer is this going to go on for? Yeah, it, you know, I, I've got a limit when it's dystopian. <laughs> That's a word for it, all right? Yeah, and other things. I mean, um, The Last of Us was sort of looked at a, a world gone wrong too, but it, it was a bit more hopeful, I thought. There were parts of that which, you know, were, were encouraging and yeah. wasn't completely depressing. 
And The Last of Us breaks away from the misery of the situation they're in by telling stories from the past that, you know, there are those beautiful breakout episodes, you know, like the episode with Murray Bartlett and the gay couple. You know, The Last of Us doesn't follow that routine. It does try and break it up, you know? Yeah. The other things on my dystopian list were maybe The Walking Dead, um, Westworld, and maybe in Humans, that um, ABC series, which were all very different, but still along those themes of, oh, look, you know, we, we, we're not making a great world for, for our future. Yeah. Well, I think I've said this to you before, James. I'm not a fan of end of the world scenarios. I don't want to watch it. It, it. it does upset me. I don't want to know about society breaking down as the world's coming to an end. It's it's just too horrible to contemplate. So, yeah, it's got to be outstanding to keep me watching. And I mean, The Walking Dead, I started watching that, gave up. Westworld started watching, gave up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to keep me seeing through to the end. Yes, yeah. Okay, so that's, um, that's Bargain. It's on Paramount+. Plus. Six episodes, and I think they're all available. You haven't got to watch. I think they're about 30 to 40 minutes an episode. Yeah. Um, so you and it's on again. Paramount Plus, which is a strange place for it, isn't it? So I thought, and I read that they are actually building a, a library of this K stuff with K drama. It's done very well for Netflix. I mean, Squid Game is, you know, a lot of, of people course. like that. And, and I, look I at Parasite winning the, the first foreign film to ever win the Best Picture Academy Award. Sure. There's clearly a fantastic industry over there. I just think it's interesting that Paramount Plus are getting into uh, foreign dramas like this. So you're telling me, was this show made for Netflix and Paramount Plus have bought it locally or was it made for Paramount Plus in Korea? Are they? Is it one of their local shows? Good question. I'm not too sure. I think they might have... Um... I don't know. I'd be guessing they might have commissioned this over there as part of their effort right. to get into this this um, category, if you like, into the space. Yeah, yeah. But it's. I mean, I watched all of the Squid Game. I, that that made me uncomfortable, but I sort of saw it out. I made it to the end too. Yeah, and it didn't really trouble me as much as this one either. No. I do look back on it and go, "Gee, why did I watch that?" But. Um, <laughs> They're certainly not cheery programs, and it and it's it's tough to watch with someone else who's a bit troubled by this sort of stuff too. Um, it makes me think about it more. Yeah, I think if when you're sitting there watching it by yourself, it's maybe easier to take than if you're thinking about someone else's reactions as well as your own. Yeah. Okay, so like our third show this week, and for me by far the. The one I enjoyed the most is The Long Shadow. It's on stand. It's a British crime drama telling about the five-year investigation into the the man who became known as the Yorkshire Ripper, Peter Sutcliffe. But it does it quite differently, this series. Yeah, it really does. And we've saved the best till last. This was just wow, wow, wow for me. I thought it was so fantastic. Um, you might remember, James, just a few years back, Netflix did a documentary that they called The Ripper. And the families uh, of the victims were very, very upset because they had been lured into doing this documentary by Netflix and told that the working title was Once Upon a Time in Yorkshire. And then they turned around and called it The Ripper. And the families get very upset by that term. They say that it's a 
Monica that uh, gives him a celebrity that he doesn't deserve for what he did. And so, yeah, we'll just refer to him as the killer uh, because what I love about the Long Shadow is that the Long Shadow, which, by the way, was going to call themselves the Yorkshire Ripper, that was their working title, and they changed the title. Um, This is very much... Uh, a show where they're trying to take the focus away from the killer, no violence, no blood, no reenactments of the gruesome crimes, no dwelling on the details afterwards except for a, a chat in a police conversation. And instead what they're doing is building a picture of the victims and I think really explaining well the economic hardships of this region in the mid-70s and why women uh, were being forced into prostitution like this because, you know, a lot of these women were sex workers uh, and, of course, you know, we all are very familiar with the story and, you know, we know that there would have been misogyny in the police force. Are they just prostitutes? Who cares? You know, but, you know, we actually see in this um, the the housewife and the mother, as played by Catherine Kelly, who is one of my favourites from Coronation Street. She played one of their all-time great characters, Becky, um, and she does such an incredible job as a mother whose husband is just not providing but still has enough money to go to the pub and get pissed and smoke cigarettes. And so she starts doing sex work so that the kids can have presents at Christmas. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, the way they sort of lay out that family situation and then start telling the story of the other victims. I mean, it's heartbreaking and it's so sensitively done. And, yeah, they really have switched the focus this time. And I think The Long Shadow really is doing – we've only seen two episodes because Stan's only getting them one per week, but I think this is going to be one of the dramas for 2023. Yeah, look, you said the word heartbreaking, and that sums it up perfectly. Yeah, isn't it? Some of those scenes, it's just, wow, you know, you – the way the police have to break the news to the families and the... To little children. Oh. What about when they have to tell the little children waiting for their mother to come home? It's so... Yeah, well, not even that. they got to explain, well, the mother's not coming home. Then the older kids go, well, what do you mean she was working as a prostitute? Because they had yeah. no idea. Yeah. They've just they've, they've got to deal with so much. And the, yeah. the husband as well. And, oh, mate, it's done well. It's just absolutely stunning. The cast is brilliant. I mean, Toby Jones is the lead. um, Oh, my God, he's amazing in this. Detective, incredible. And David Morrissey, who comes in as someone else to to take over the case when when they sort of move Toby on because he he hasn't been able to get a result. Yeah. Um, uh, It's just amazing. Lee Ingleby is another one of the cops. Um, It's just, just fantastic performances. Yeah. Um, really stunning stuff. Um, yeah, this is this is just so well done. And, you know, I, I, I did see some stuff, you know, the, uh, the, the only negative stuff I've been able to find so far about reaction to this comes from the brother of Peter Sutcliffe, who okay. said, stop making these shows. This is very upsetting to my family. But you know what? 
I don't think we'll need to make another show about this killer after mm. this series. I think this will be the show to tell that story and to put the focus on the victims. And we hear this a lot, especially with like uh, massacres that go on that we shouldn't know, we, we shouldn't repeat the killer's name and turn that person into a celebrity that we should be talking more about the victims. And, and the long shadow does that so well. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that there's ever going to be a need for another dramatization of this killer. I think the long shadow, shadow will be the final definitive word on it all. Yeah, a couple of the creatives involved is a George Kay, the writer, who was, um, I think, co-creator on Hijack, the Idris Elba series, which was on recently. Oh, right, yeah. He worked on The Hour, also Killing Eve, and that series Lit, Lit Venenko. Um, yep. And then the director was Lewis Arnold. Gee, almost four of my favourite dramas of all time, Sherwood, uh, Time, that um, prison drama. Yes. Uh, Dez. Uh, about a, another um, another killer. killer, yeah, killer and Broadchurch. So you know, yeah, wow, an incredible body of work. Some of those people have, um, <laughs> you know, the the, the the UK. They just continually spit out this amazing drama. It's yeah. we never ever sit here and go, oh, Saran Jones, she's in, she's in a she's a stinker this time, or we go, oh, Sarah Lancashire, what's she doing in this? They never ever. Not fantastic. We just sit here all year, year after year, and go, look at this incredible British drama. Look at this one. They are the masters of telling uh, short-form dramas like this. Yeah, no, they do lots of good work for sure. As you say, it's frustrating all the episodes aren't there. That's because um, Stan have bought it, but it's being shown on ITV at the moment. Yeah. Where they're only dropping one a week, so, of course, they're not allowed to screen it before yeah, it goes on in yep. the UK. But yeah, I yep. think the good news is, Andrew, I, th I had a look before. I'm pretty, as we recall with this, I think episode three is up there now. <laughs> okay, so well, I'll be. I've got one I'll to be, watch when we finish this episode. <laughs> I'll be inhaling that. I did get uh, a DVD box set in the mail today from Crawford Productions. I got oh, volume five of the box, oh, which really? is when the series goes from black and white to colour. So I'm absolutely hanging out to watch that but this will take precedence for sure the long shadow wow just uh fantastic yeah so i'm assuming that's a show of the week for both of us yeah totally totally yeah. without question yeah knowing that my dvd was coming in the mail yeah. i have been madly trying to finish a whole bunch of shows um i finished the lovers on foxtel binge okay. i finished far north on paramount plus uh-huh and i finished something else i still haven't finished court i've watched five episodes of oh. it on stand okay. and i love it so much i don't actually want it to finish so i always <laughs> kind of hold off and go i don't want this to end um but yeah it's uh what have you finished lately well i had a big weekend long weekend so i um i did i finished court yep I watched that first episode three times. I watched the last episode twice. Wow! Um, so I've I really enjoyed that. I'm I'm just hoping that um, I mean it's the hottest show on TV at the moment. I think it's it's the most watched show on Stan. It's been getting great reaction to the stories we've had on Media Week. They're getting the most read stories last wow, weekend. Fantastic. So there's lots of traction. I just hope 
people stick with it and enjoy it because you can get a little bit puzzled in that first episode. Yeah. I just hope people do stick with it. I finished um, While the Men Are Away. Oh, wow. I'm still uh, – I haven't gone past episode two, but I will. I love it. Which is brilliant. I wanted a shout-out to um, the star of that. Now, is it Michaela De Rossi? Uh, who plays Frankie, the Italian woman. Yes, yes. Yeah. Who's sort of – who's um, stuck running a farm. A husband – we won't say what happened to him. No, it's but, not so. But he's not there, right? A lot of the – a lot of the husbands have gone off to war, yeah, um, and she's without him as well. Um, but she gets um, two girls come up from the sort of the women's land army, I think they call it. Yeah, Australian the women's land army. Yeah, yeah, they come in to help her run the farm. Now, what I didn't realise about, um, I'm just trying to double check her name. It's um, oh. I think it's the Michaela de Rossi. Who plays Frankie, who I've never seen in anything before, by the way. She's well, a, she was in the um Sopranos prequel. Was she what the son, the son, Saint of Newick or something like that? The Correct. Pre- now before today, I didn't even realize there was a um Sopranos prequel, but it was a yeah, I don't think it was movie. very good. It kind of came and went during COVID and yeah, it was really just a one off movie, went for two yeah. hours. Yeah, and interestingly enough, I've they've got a poster here. And the poster, the big headline on the poster is "Who made Tony Soprano?" Yeah. Then very small down the bottom is the title, "Many Saints of New York." Right. Um, yeah, but I don't think it was much of a hit. Anyway, she was in that, but she's she's great in this, and I really enjoyed that. I also finished "No Escape," which is a Paramount Plus series. Oh yeah, that's the one I stopped watching. The one with Susie Porter and the. Yes. The, the people on the boat, the tourists, yeah. the ba- English backpacker, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I said Paramount at the time, Plus. I thought it gave me the flavour of the serpent, a story, you yeah. know, backpackers in exotic locations, yeah, uh, murder and mystery, and I just really loved it. It took me a while to get around to it. Abigail Laurie is the real star, I think. She's, she's fantastic, but a lot of Aussie actors. Jay Ryan, who I think is actually a Kiwi. Yeah, um, he is. He plays an Aussie in this, and I think he's also in Scrublands, I think, which is coming. Yes, this is the new one we'll be talking about soon. They've just released a trailer for it. He plays a a priest in a Victorian country town that uh, machine guns the whole town. And, I mean, Jay Ryan's been working for years and years. He started off in Neighbours and has gone back to New Zealand and done a whole bunch of shows. He's in Creamery, and he's a great actor. Oh, he's fantastic. He's really good in this, really good. But almost the star is, in a way, Sean Keenan. Yeah, wow. And he's really good in this to become such a key character the deeper yeah. you get into it. So it's fantastic. And you mentioned Susie Porter. Doesn't have a lot to do, but she ties it all up as the sort of the police inspector, sort of the key police inspector trying to work out what happened on this boat that sailed from the Philippines, ended up in North Queensland. So, look, Gary Sweet's in it too. Right. As the parents of one of the girls on the boat. Look, just fantastic. And I also finished One Night. Oh, yeah, I finished that. Yeah, Paramount. Another series on Paramount+. Plus. Look, I really enjoyed that too by the time I got together. I got to the end of it. 
Again, a fantastic cast, you know. Um, Jodie Whittaker, Nicole De Silva, and uh, Yale Stone as three friends, um, three sort of well, teenage friends, but traumatic event sort of, you know, happened in the late teens and sort of then they all moved away and then they, they've reunited. Um, and that's how they're dealing with what happened. One of them's written a book. Uh, it's just fantastic. Um, Kat Stewart's in it. Again, doesn't have a huge role, but no. she's really good in it. Tina Bursell has a, a bit part in it as well. Noni Hazelkirst's character, look, I'm not too sure about. What was going on there with the, the kind of the Scottish, Scottish matriarch? No, didn't that, quite. Yeah, it didn't quite work. But no. again, I really enjoyed it. And look, I didn't recognise Les Hill till near the end, and I realised snapped yeah. and said, "Oh, they coppers Les Hill." Yeah, yeah. Well, I must admit, I didn't realise that that was George Mason from Home and Away. He looked okay. like kind of yeah, he was in that too. Can we just go back to While the Men Are Away really quickly? And we sure. talked last week about how uh, one of the girls is played by Max McKenna, who has just transitioned, is trans non-binary. And right. I was saying how in uh, While the Men Are Away, she looked a dead ringer for Sasha Hawler, who was playing her on-screen mother. Right. And, of course, Sasha Hawler is not her mother in real life. Her mother in real life is Gina Riley, well, and her father right. in real life is Rick McKenna, who is the yes. executive producer of Kath and Kim. And yes. then I I realised that I had seen uh, Max uh, before he had transitioned uh, because he was the star of Muriel's Wedding the, when it became a musical on stage. So, uh, yeah, amazing to see that journey. And, yeah, that is a show. While the men are away, I, I will definitely be uh, finding time to watch all of it on well, SBS Demand. Yeah, and a shout-out to Phoebe Grainer, um, Indigenous actress, plays a key role in this. Look, she only been in a couple of things, but she's looked. She's got such a star quality about her. Yeah, she's she really plays the farmhand, doesn't she? Correct. Yeah, sort of the cook. Yeah, I noticed that she really was re really great in that role. She's too. a real scene stealer, and she's just so good. Um, so I watch out for what she. I think she's going to get some good roles coming off the yeah. back of this. So yeah. I watch out for her in um in future things. Also, just want to alert everybody that if you haven't got Paramount Plus, one of my favourite Australian shows that I watched on it was the Batuta Advocate right. Presents. They yeah. only made four episodes. I hope they make 40 more. Um, it's going to be screened on Channel 10 as of Monday night. It's okay. coming on after Have You Been Paying Attention. It's a terrific show. So if you're not as subscribed to Paramount Plus, do not miss the Batuta Advocate Presents every Monday night after Have You Been paying attention yeah i think look paramount plus is really up there for me as one of the doing the most interesting work now and um watch out they had a half price offer i think was at the end of last year it was when the I, th I mentioned this last week the tom cruise movie maverick um yeah came out they did a half price offer for 12 months it was 40 bucks i think so it was a real bargain so watch out if they do that again yeah when a key some of them when of their movies come out um i wouldn't mind betting they might do it i think they'll have the rights to the latest mission impossible when it goes to a streaming yes. platform yes they probably will watch out for them to drop a special offer when they have that yeah and it could be well worth signing up for 12 months because there's some great stuff there 
And interestingly enough, a little plug for next week, they've also got the um, remake of Frasier. Oh, yes. Which is also on that platform, which we'll be talking about next week. We will, yeah. Yeah. All right, Andrew, that brings us to the end. That's some interesting stuff this week. Show of the week, of course, was The Long Shadow. Hands down. On Stan. Yep. Okay, that's the end of TV Gold. We're back every week. Tell your friends about the podcast. Like us or follow us on your favourite podcast platform. You can read Andrew's column every week in Media Week and the Media Week Morning Report. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, James. <laughs>